0: For months, there's been rumours that Pope Francis is getting ready to retire. He admits that his health is flagging and that he misses the cafes of his hometown, Buenos Aires. I mean, who wouldn't? But he says he's not likely to go back to Argentina. Still, there's intense interest in a major gathering of church leaders this week. The Pope has named 20 new cardinals and they'll one day help choose his successor. Christopher White is Rome correspondent for the independent newspaper, the National Catholic Reporter, and he reckons this is the most interesting group of cardinals ever appointed.
1: This was uh, among the most diverse crops ever uh, in the history of the Catholic Church in the creation of new cardinals. There were six new cardinals from Asia, four from Latin America, two from Africa. And what we've seen is this is consistent with the trends of Pope Francis since he became Pope in 2013. The College of Cardinals is more representative of the global nature of the church. We've seen in, in nearly the last decade, the numbers dropped from 52% being European to now just 40%.
0: Now, there was an interesting appointment, by the way, of a cardinal from India. I know I think there were a couple of cardinals from the subcontinent, but there was one in particular whose background stands out.
1: Yes, this is the first time the Pope has ever created a cardinal from what was the one time the untouchables class. And this is, you know, very much reflective, I think, of the Pope's desire to go to the margins and find those on the peripheries and to elevate them and to shine a light on that community. Uh, it's very much in keeping with his style of governance over the last ten years. And I noticed
0: there was a cardinal from a place which I didn't associate with a a sort of a mass Catholic movement, Ulaanbaatar in Mongolia.
1: Yes, exactly. The remarkable thing about that is there are fewer than 1,500 Catholics in the whole country, and now they have a cardinal. Not only is he this missionary cardinal to Mongolia, he's 48 years old, and in some respects, because of his age alone and sort of the oddity of the situation in which he comes from, he could have been seen as almost the star of the consistory because there was so much buzz and interest around him. He's kind of Real dynamism about him, and missionary spirit that Pope Francis is often talking about. It's very much seen in him—a you know, very energetic, very eager. Very comfortable with the people.
0: What is the thinking behind appointing cardinals from countries with almost no discernible Catholic population? I recall a few years ago, this time I think it was from Stockholm, you know, from extremely secular Sweden there was a cardinal appointed. Do we know the thinking behind this?
1: Well, I think for Pope Francis, we you know, one of the things he's tried to do is take those voices on the margins and put them at the center of the church. So since the Second Vatican Council, the emphasis has been on that of a global church rather than a European church or an Italian church. And one way in which you can send a powerful message is by naming some of the top officers, if you will, in the church from places that don't often have a, a megaphone and to give them one, to give them a vote in future papacies. And in a sense, to get an opportunity to become a pope one day because let's not forget not only is their job to elect pope one of them will become the pope
0: is it possible christopher to discern a liberal or conservative tilt to these appointments
1: In some respects, yes. I mean, many of these people are known as pastors, and that I think is first and foremost what Pope Francis is looking for. But if you look at them, some of them, because they are unknown quantities, we don't really know where they stand on some of the hot-button issues, what their thoughts are on the environment, what their thoughts are on the role of women in the church, what their thoughts are on welcoming LGBTQ people into the church. They tend to have lower profiles. And that's what's going to make this next conclave very interesting is because while the geographic diversity is something that we're now becoming used to, we don't know exactly where they stand in terms of their pastoral priorities. And in that respect, for journalists, it's hard to really know what they're going to be thinking and looking for when the time comes to elect a new pope.
0: A lot of the voices that we hear from cardinals and archbishops when it comes to social issues, questions of same-sex marriage or the women's role in the church tends to come from what you might consider liberal Europe. Are cardinals from the global South perhaps less concerned with that and more concerned with traditional Catholic social justice issues, economic issues? I'm wondering if there's that level of split.
1: I think that's a fair assessment. I spent some time in July at a big gathering of Catholic theologians, which included bishops throughout Africa. It was was a conference in, in Nairobi. And when I press them on issues of, say, women's ordination or welcoming gay people into the church, or even certain questions such as, you know, women to the diaconate, they would all say, these are secondary issues for us. Right now, we're talking about the everyday needs of Catholics who are looking to get clean drinking water, who are trying to right the economic injustices. Those are the front burner issues for us. That, I believe, is where you see this split between, as you describe, a more progressive, often European, maybe some American, top issue concerns. And this is why I think Pope Francis is also seeking a balance to remind those that are in in the top-ranking positions in the church, that they represent a global church, not just one perspective.
0: Now, even though I've been away for five months, every time I tuned into the news, Christopher, not a week seemed to go by without some speculation about the conclusion of this papacy, suggestions that Pope Francis might be ready to retire. How serious are these rumors and these hints?
1: Well, according to Pope Francis himself, he had not even considered this until the headlines (laughs) began appearing. He is 85 years old, of course, and he's been struggling with mobility issues for about half a year now due to serious knee pain. But he says, you know, I'm going to keep going. Will there be a day when I may consider stepping down? Yes, he says, but that time is not now. I mean, I think what we're seeing at this moment, he is meeting with cardinals from all around the world to consider the new reforms of the Vatican Constitution and uh, looking at how the Vatican's bureaucracy operates. Remember, when he was elected in 2013, he was elected on a reform mandate to clean up the organization of the Vatican. And that is what they're talking about in the next few days in these meetings. So I think in one sense, we're seeing some of the things that he was elected to do come to a conclusion or enter a new phase. But I think he still has, if you listen to his own words, he still has work that he wants to do. So I don't think that time is here yet. Mm. Uh,
0: The College of Cardinals, at least those under the age of 80, will choose his replacement. How many in that college have been appointed by Pope Francis himself?
1: At this point, of the 132 cardinal electors under the age of 80, he has named 83 of them, and that that comes out to 62%. So he's now almost right at that two-thirds majority level, which is what is needed to elect an, a new pope. That doesn't mean that they would be voting in one block during the next conclave, but it does go to show you he is increasingly picked the now overwhelming majority of cardinals who will one day elect his successor
0: just finally christopher do you think it is a concerted effort by pope francis to influence and indeed shape the agenda of his successor someone who shares his agenda someone uh, concerned with the global south for example
1: I think the Pope is certainly trying to leave his mark on the College of Cardinals, but I don't think that that's necessarily in an issue-driven way. I think it's more of a pastorally-oriented way. That's why we see so many picks from the global South, because I think the Pope knows that at the end of the day, you know whether they agree or disagree on some of the, the particulars, he's looking at someone that shares his heart's desires, if you will, that have the same pastoral instincts. And in that sense, yes, he is sacking the College of Cardinals. It's not on an issue-driven front. It's more pastoral instincts.
0: Christopher White, he's the Vatican correspondent for the independent newspaper, the National Catholic Reporter, and it's been great to welcome you back to the program, Christopher.
1: And I look forward to next time, Andrew.
0: And this is the Religion and Ethics Report on air and at the ABC Listen app. Getting in touch with ABCRN is easy.